Isaiah 43, 16-19. I'll be reading from the ESV. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise, they are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing, now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And now we'll be going into the next book. It'll be Revelations 3, 7 to 13. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, The words of the Holy One, the True One, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you. Because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven and my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Today is a very special Sunday. It is, believe it or not, the beginning of September. I don't know what happened to summer, but summer just blew past us. It is the beginning of September, and every beginning of September, it marks the beginning of our discipleship season, so our house church season after a long summer break. And as I mentioned before, we're having a vision and prayer night. We're going to have membership class later this month. We're looking forward to a very, very fruitful season. And this is the weekend that we just kick it off. And so as I mentioned earlier, we're also, uh, you know, as we mentioned in our previous town hall meetings as well, we are now currently in building search mode. For you guys, you know, who have been online with us for a while, I don't know if you remember, but when we do meet in person, we meet at a a church called Heart House in Yangji, and we've been meeting there for the last two years. Um, We felt, you know, very strongly that God was calling us, you know, to reconvene once again and for us to have you know, build our own sanctuary for us to uh, be able to meet as New Philly. And so right now, uh, we are in building search mode. This is something very exciting that we actually haven't done in a really long time. For the last three years, after we moved out of our previous sanctuary spaces, um, we actually went, you know, to SFS for uh, a, a short period of time. And then after that, you know, God led us to Heart House as well. And he has provided for us so faithfully. My prayer 
is that as we trust that God will provide for us in our next step as well, we would see a testimony being written of his faithfulness to us. So uh, with that being said, today is not going to be our typical Sunday service, and this message is not going to be your typical Sunday message. Today's message is specifically catered to our church community regarding where we are at as a community and what is ahead for us. Because we are at a very interesting juncture as a community. There's a newness to this season. There's a sense of possibilities. There's a sense of momentum as God builds this church. And there is obviously also a challenge and invitation that comes along with that. There's a challenge and invitation set before us to invest in this community, for us to pray for this community. And as I preached last week, you know, the, all the reasons why uh, we often excuse ourselves from truly sowing and investing. I truly believe that the ball's on our court right now. I believe we've been given something very precious to steward something to multiply and cultivate and grow. And we've been asked to be faithful and diligent as we await our master's return. It is my belief that the matter is in our hands. And if, you know, for a very long time, we've been uh, taking a step back from this. If we've been, you know, for all these different reasons, staying away from that, I believe that now is a time that God is calling us to step into the battle, step into the fight, and help to build this community. We might have reasons to think we are at a disadvantage, or at the odds are stacked against us. We might have all kinds of legitimate excuses for why things are the way that they are. We might have all kinds of legitimate fears that keep us from stepping out in boldness and in faith. And trust me, I've been there. I, I, I live there. That's where I live, right? And yet, God has been putting a fire in my heart to press on and to believe that God is going to move in powerful and profound new ways. Now, Stephen read for us from Isaiah 43 and Revelation 3, and we are going to camp out there for a while. These are the two passages from where our church name comes. And although we've talked about this before in our sermons and in our membership classes, I believe there's a new invitation for us today from these two passages. And as I walk uh, through these passages with us, I would love it if you could take notes, if you could, um, you know, track along with these passages as well. Today's message is titled, New Philadelphia, Behold the Open Door. New Philadelphia, behold the open door. There's an open door that God is setting before us. And this is a moment and this is the time for us to behold and to obey. So New Philadelphia Church, as we look through Isaiah 43 and Revelation 3, these are the three different invitations that God is giving us a fresh As a community, the first invitation that he has for us today is from Isaiah 43, and it is the invitation to behold the gospel, the invitation to behold the gospel. Isaiah 43 
speaks about God having done these insanely miraculous things in the history of Israel. Talks about the parting of the seas, how they crossed through dry land, and how once again the seas closed in over the enemies of Israel. And now that is not dramatic. I don't know what is. If you were standing in front of the Hangang, and God opened up the Hangang for you, you're able to cross through, and you saw these walls of water towering around you as you cross through. And then when your enemies were taking, were in hot pursuit behind you, the waters closed in over us. I think that would probably qualify as the greatest miracle that God has accomplished in your life. I don't know if you can top that, right? So God is reminding Israel in this passage that he has done miraculous and amazing things that cannot be attributed to any man, to any person, to any method or strategy. It was simply the divine and sovereign hand of God. In the midst of that, after saying, remember what I've done before, remember what it looked like when the, the seas closed over your enemies, he says, I am about to top that, believe it or not. He's about to do something completely unprecedented, something completely new, completely unexpected. He is about to open up a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. He's going to show a light and show a hope that goes beyond all hopelessness and goes beyond all darkness. This is a promise that is spoken to Israel as they're about to go into several years of captivity. When they're going to go step into a very dark time of feeling forgotten, of feeling helpless, of feeling left behind. And it is in this moment that God speaks of a promise that will surpass all expectations. God speaks a promise of a powerful act of rescue that will surpass anything he's done before. This is obviously referring to the inbreaking of the gospel. A grace and a mercy that will be poured out over the undeserving. A light that will come tearing through the darkness. God himself will step into time, step into flesh, and the word of God would come down and dwell among us in all his glory and in all his grace. This is such an incredible promise to a people that do not know yet about the forgiveness of a holy God. A people who cannot even dream of a day when they can boldly approach the throne of grace as a child does to their father. It comes at a moment when God still feels very distant. You can't even mention and say out loud his full name. This is the kind of God that they're approaching. And God in his kindness, God in his mercy gives them a promise of making a way in the wasteland. Bringing streams into the desert. A hope that will break through that distance. Now, I don't know if you have ever walked through a season like that where you feel forgotten by God. You feel left behind. You feel distant. You feel disconnected from God. Where you look ahead at your life 
And there doesn't seem to be a light at the end of the tunnel. Where you see what your life is amounting up to and you don't see any hope there. The call for us today is to behold the beauty of the gospel. Now, I've been a believer for many years, but I can never outgrow the gospel. The moment that I outgrow the gospel, it means that I moved into something completely other, something that is not the gospel. Maybe I've moved into performance. Maybe I've moved into standing on my own, you know, accomplishments, my own religious checklists, whatever it is that I've stepped into. The moment that I think that I've graduated from the gospel is the moment that I've stepped outside of God's grace. So this is our invitation today, New Philadelphia Church. Behold the beauty of the gospel. As Pastor JP was leading us in worship today, it was just such a good, fresh reminder for me as well. As we were singing about God's saving grace in our lives, I couldn't help but think, man, like, I can't believe that I'm here today worshiping God as if I've always been here. As if this was always my reality. I've forgotten that there was a time when I did not know God. When I did not know the hope of the gospel. When I was completely lost. When I was completely dead in my sins. And I had no idea. I didn't even know to call out to God. And God in his mercy came through for me. He came tearing through the darkness. He broke the silence. And he brought me into his light. That was such a fresh reminder for me. A fresh Today, that I am here not because I deserve it, but simply because God has done a new thing in my life. He has done a new thing. Something that was completely unprecedented. Something that I could not have accomplished through my own means, through my own strength, through my own intelligence, whatever the case may be. God did a completely new thing in my life. And for that, I owe him thanks. So New Philadelphia Church, in this season, as we are embarking in a fresh new season of house churches, a fresh new season of bringing in new members, of having a vision and a heart of prayer for our church, this is my challenge to you. Will you rebuild this church upon that new thing that comes from the hands of God? Will you rebuild it on the solid rock of the gospel? No other boast do we have outside of the gospel. Will you rebuild this church on the solid foundation of what Jesus Christ alone has done for you? If we do, if this church builds on this solid foundation, then we have the promise from God that the gates of hell will not prevail against that church. He is a solid foundation and the only foundation that we can build upon that is our first invitation behold the gospel our second invitation from revelation 3 is an invitation to persevere revelation 3 8 it says i know that you have but little power and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name You have but little power. You're not a grandiose monster of a church. You sometimes feel very weak. Sometimes feel very broken. Sometimes feel very inadequate. 
And yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Let us remember that this letter, Revelation 3, verses 7 through 13, it is written to a church in a small city called Philadelphia. It's modern-day modern Turkey. It's not, you know, current day in, in the U.S. It is modern-day Turkey. And the Philadelphia that Jesus is referring to in this passage was an ancient city on the fringes of the Roman Empire. And it had its own set of challenges. First of all, this city was subject to earthquakes. It would bring down the entire city with only certain structures left behind, such as pillars. These earthquakes would come and shake this entire city, and the only things left standing were those things that were built on a solid foundation. This is why it is of incredible importance that Jesus promises to make this church in this earthquake-ridden city that goes through persecution, that goes through injustice, that goes through trials and sufferings, God gives this promise to this church, I will make you a standing pillar. Those things that can be shaken will be shaken, and yet you will remain. Hold fast to my word. You feel powerless at times, but just hold fast to my name. You feel inadequate at times. Hold fast to my word, and you will see that I will set you as a pillar. When everything around you shakes, you will remain standing. This is such an encouragement for us, especially during this season, as we are embarking on a new season. And behind us, we see all the different transitions, all the different hardships, all the different trials and testings that we've gone through as a church. We're coming out the other side of a very intense season, and we are still standing as a church. I believe the reason for that. It isn't because we are special in some way. It's simply because we've held fast to his name. We have not given up on his word. We've trusted him to leave us standing even when everything else shakes. This is an invitation for us to persevere. I wish our church had a different name. We didn't have implicit, inbuilt into it, this idea that you're going to have to go through trials. You're going to have to persevere through hardships. And yet God has sovereignly called us a church of New Philadelphia, a church that stands on the promise of the gospel and perseveres because of it. This is our invitation today, New Philadelphia Church. Persevere. If you feel like you're ready to give up, persevere, push through, hold fast to his name, hold fast to his word, and you will see how God's hand of protection and sovereign grace will continue to be over your life. Lastly, if God has invited us today, as we remember our name once again, to behold the gospel and also an invitation for us to persevere, today we behold an invitation to see this open door that God has laid before us. Revelation 3, 8 as well. It says that Jesus himself has set before this church, the small, maybe trembling often shaken church that has to rebuild back up again and rebuild back up again and go through trials and persecutions and all these different, uh, you know, less than ideal circumstances. God says, behold, Philadelphia church, I've set before you 
an open door. The city of Philadelphia was built as a missionary post for Greek culture. It was on the fringes of Asia Minor. And the whole purpose of the city was to take the message of Greek culture, take the message of Greek philosophy, of Greek architecture, Greek mythology, Greek art, a Greek way of life, to take this and spread it into Asia. It was a missionary post. It was on the fringes of the Roman Empire. It was supposed to be a gateway. It was supposed to be an embassy. It was supposed to be a converting force to export Greek culture into Asia. And so it is of incredible importance that Jesus tells this church that has but little power that they will be a missionary post not for Greek culture into Asia, but of the gospel. To bring not Greek philosophy or Greek mythology into Asia, but gospel truth, gospel impact, gospel light, gospel living. This is the call over this church in this small city called Philadelphia. You are called to take this message that you have received and be a gateway and an open door for this message to go forth from you. That is how I have designed it. You are an open door. Jesus himself, in this passage, he describes himself as the holy one. He describes himself as the true one, as the one who holds the key of David who opens and no one can shut, and who shuts and no one can open. This is the way that God, Jesus, chooses to reveal himself to this church in the city of Philadelphia. Now, this is a bit obscure. We don't often use the term key of David. So what does this mean? It means that there is kingly authority In the hands of Jesus to allow and disallow. And it is done. This is the sovereign God that holds this church in the palm of his hands. He speaks forth a word and it is done. He has undisputed power. He is unparalleled in might. And what he says simply is We're talking about a Genesis 1 God who said, let there be light and there was light. Let there be the sea and there was a sea. Let there be stars and there were the stars. Let there be an open door and there is an open door. Let it be open and it is so. Let it be closed and it is so. This is the one who holds the key of David, who opens and no one can shut and who shuts And no one can open. It is incredible that God has looked at this little church that doesn't often feel like a big deal, that doesn't feel like there's much happening perhaps, maybe doesn't realize its impact. But despite pushback and earthquakes and persecution and having to rebuild again and again, despite opposition, despite all of this, they persevere, they hold fast to his word, they hold fast to his name, and the reason for that is that Jesus Christ 
has put before them an open door that no man can shut. No persecution can shut that open door. No earthquake can shut that open door. No pushback from culture can close that open door. Jesus has decreed it and it is so. Now we are called New Philadelphia Church. And all over the Bible, we see the significance and the weight of a name. It marks destiny. It encapsulates identity. It is charged with meaning and often divine remembrance. I will remember what God has done in my life through this name then being given. But one of the most amazing things that we see in scripture is the prophetic weight of a name. One such example is the name Peter, one of Jesus' disciples. You know his original name was Simon, right? Did you know that Jesus, as early as John chapter 1, the first chapter in the book of John, he looked at this fisherman named Simon and said, You are Simon, son of John. You shall be called Peter. You shall be called rock. But as we quickly realize throughout the narration of John and the book of John, this guy was anything but a rock, right? He would waver back and forth. He would jump the gun. He would rebuke Jesus. He would jockey for a position of importance. He would show immaturity and weakness of faith at every turn. He was anything but a rock. He was anything but solid. He was anything but unshakable. And in the moment of greatest testing and need, when Satan sifted him, when Jesus was about to get crucified, he denied Jesus three times. Does this sound like a solid rock to you? In Jesus' greatest moment of need, he was anything but a rock. But here's the beautiful thing about the gospel. When he repents and turns around, he finally is able to step into his prophetically given name in John 21. 20 chapters after it was given. In John 21, when he's finally restored to the ministry. 20 chapters after he first gets called a rock, he finally becomes a rock. Can you imagine... What happened in those 20 chapters in between with every failure, with every moment of immaturity, with every moment of doubt, Jesus still comes and you're a rock. You're a rock. You're failing right now, but you're a rock. You're getting sifted right now, but you are a rock. Peter, you are a rock. This is my God-given name for you. Now as a new Philadelphia church, we once had our John 1 moment when he first took on the name in 2009. It's already been a long time since then. We received this name long before we understood what endurance was about, long before we understood what perseverance and resilience was about. We received this name when shaking wasn't even an issue. We knew no earthquakes. We knew nothing that would shake our foundations. We received this name when things were good. We were coasting along. 
We'd gain a reputation in the city. We're planting churches every year. We're sending dozens of mission teams into the nations when life was frankly good. There were no shakings. We had never experienced a shaking that would uproot the very foundations of our church. There was so much enthusiasm, lots of promise, but also lots of lessons to learn. And in many significant ways, we have failed for 20 chapters to live up to the name. We didn't hold fast to his name. We held on to ours. We let go of the gospel in order to hear what our itching ears were wanting to hear. We became so consumed by our fame, our reputation, our achievements, and our movement that we completely lost sight of Jesus. But here's what I believe God is leading us as a community right now. We are stepping into our John 21 moment of restoration we're finally stepping into our name we are now finally understanding what it means to be resilient what it means to be shaken down to the core and have to rebuild back up from the ground we finally understand what it means to endure through hardships to hold fast to his word when there's nothing else to hold on to to not deny his name when there's nothing else to hold on to. We're finally starting to understand what it means to be new Philadelphia, what it means to be new Philadelphia church, the new for gospel, the Philadelphia for resilience, this gospel resilience, this gospel grace, this gospel new beginnings that God is giving us has been inbuilt and embedded in our name, but we are finally now stepping into it. God called it forth before it ever came to be. He called us New Philadelphia Church through every one of our failures. He called us New Philadelphia Church through every one of our shakings, through every moment of rebuilding and healing and coming back together again. And we are coming out the other side, trusting that we are in the hands of him who is the Holy One, the true one, who has the key and the authority of David, who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one will open. And he himself has set an open door before us. Let me tell you a little bit about how I came to New Philly. I came to New Philly back in 2008 for first time. And for many of you old timers, you guys remember Marcus Corpening. I came to New Philadelphia Church because of him. I actually went to college with him. So now you know how old we both are. We went to college at the same time together in North Carolina. And I was, you know, a student leader at our church then. And then in one of our, you know, uh, gatherings, one of our services, in walks this guy. He's brought in by a friend. And this friend, who was a mutual friend to us, said, hey, this guy is going to Korea for an exchange, you know, for an exchange program. Can you pray for him? And I had never seen him before. He was dressed like a player from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Like, I was like, this guy is not going 
to Korea for God. He's going for girls. He's going for partying. Like, there's no way. There's no way. But, you know, I was like, of course, I'd love to pray for you. And, um, you know, prayed for him. And then I didn't see him for an entire semester. And then he came back, you know, after a semester. And he had changed completely. Like, I could not recognize him. He was a completely different person. I realized that something very authentic and profound had happened during his time here in Korea. And whatever had happened to him was so dramatic and so profound that it would derail the rest of his life. It would realign the rest of his life. Now, of course, when he first came back, I was like, well, we'll wait and see first, right? I was like, oh, this will wear off. But actually, as time wore on, I realized, no, actually something very true and very profound had happened in his life. And so after I graduated from the States, I came here to Korea. And by Marcus's recommendation, I showed up at New Philadelphia Church on my first Sunday. And being, uh, being raised in a non-charismatic kind of background, I walked in for first time to New Philadelphia Church and watched as this crowd of young people were worshiping the Lord with all of their passion, all of their heart. You watch them pray as if their life depended on it. I watched people who came in so distant from the Lord, wanting nothing to do with the church, hurt and broken, maybe backslidden, you know, dealing with secret addictions, all these different kinds of people walking into a community and being completely transformed by the power of the gospel. There was something just happening in this community, a grace that had been poured out over this community for God, uh, for people to begin to look to God and have a hope for transformation. People who never thought they would reconcile with God. People who never thought they would reconcile with their families. People who thought they would live their entire lives bound to a certain addiction. They would walk into this church and they would find God here. This is the kind of church that I walked into in 2008. And I have to say that even as I experienced such a profound spiritual renewal through this church, my journey in this church has not been without pain. Because over the years, we started to very quickly become a quote-unquote successful church. We started to get arrogant and prideful and enamored with our achievements and with our name. Without going into much detail, because it would take me all day, suffice it to say we lost our way as a church. We lost our way. We lost our first love. We lost our one thing. We lost our sight of the gospel. We lost our sight of Jesus. And God, in his kindness and in his mercy, he intervened. It was a long and painful process coming back home. It was a long and painful process with many people still feeling the effects of the aftermath. But we repented as a church. We made the difficult decisions to help us turn back to him. And now we find ourselves at this point where we must choose once again what kind of church we will be. New Philadelphia Church, there is an open door in front of you.
But what good is an open door if you don't cross through, if you don't step in? God can open all the doors you want, but if you never step through, an open door is no good. This is a season that God has brought us into as a church. Will we step in? Will we show up? Will we invest and labor and build this church on a solid foundation? There's only one who is holy and only one who is true. There's only one who holds all kingly authority in his hands. There's only one on whose shoulders all government rests upon. And he says to you today in the Philadelphia church, I know your works. Behold, I've set before you an open door which no one, no man, no woman, no crisis, no pushback, no tainted reputation, no pandemic, no restrictions. No one can shut this door. He says, I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. For a long time, we've run as New Philadelphia Church thinking about the past. But today marks a day when we are now going to be starting to look towards the future. When we are embracing a new identity, embracing, embracing a promise from God to move us forward. For the last few months, and we've been talking about this, for the last few months, and this is very overdue, we have had a group of people in our church that have been working to redo some of the things that will help us move into a new season. If I were to call out any names, specifically, you know, Som Young Choi and Eugene Lee, they have been toiling for months to help us step into this new season. For many of you guys who have been with us for a long time, our name, our logo, our, you know, everything that goes with it, our website, all these things haven't been changed even in the last three years of deep inner change. We felt like today would be the perfect moment for us to step into a new season as we embrace this new thing that God is doing in our midst as we walk through this open door. So this is kind of an exciting announcement. Um, We are, you know, we have redone our website. We have redone a lot of the different things that surround it. And I want to just show it to you today. So starting... With this, a promise that what he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. This is what God has spoken to us. And this is how he will continue to show up in our community. This is a church that has been given an open door. An open door that no man can shut and it is in the hands of Jesus our solid foundation this is our new 
logo. <laughs> the suit. <laughs> One more time. Let's see. There you go. <laughs> and without further ado, you know, from, for you guys who are tuning in with us from home, I'd like you to open up your browser and type in www.newphilly.cc and you'll see our new website. going to give you just a minute or so. I'm seeing all the enthusiastic responses on our live chat. <laughs> Tom Lim is impressed. You must be doing something right. <laughs> so www.nephilly.cc. <laughs> This is something that needed renewal for a very long time, but we were holding off until the dust settled and until you know, we felt like we could together as one now step into a new season. Very sweet. All right, I'll give you time to do that later. Um, so yeah, visit our, our website and we'll continue to update things through there. Um, yeah, very, very exciting. Now I'm going to close with this as I have the praise team come up. As we embark on this new season, here's the irony of it all, right? The name New Philadelphia, the name Gospel Resilience, the name Gospel Hope, Gospel Strength, is given to a people who are about someone else's name, who have fought hard and fallen and gotten back up, people who have been tempted to give up but have signed back up again, people who have sorted through the complexities and have fought through the difficulties and have not denied the name of Jesus. The name New Philadelphia is given to those who are all about not their own name, but the name of Jesus. So that is what marks a church named New Philadelphia. We hold fast to the name of Jesus. That should give us boldness and humility that should give us confidence and a fear and trembling we are new philly because we are all about jesus this is a church that will be known as a family that loves jesus as a family that holds fast to the name that is above every name a family that does not let go of his word and yes we'll have team spirit will have church pride but never at the expense of that which we've been called to do first to hold fast 
to the name of Jesus.